Welcome to Long Story Long. I'm your host, Lisa Curry. Today's guest is the actor and writer Jay Lee. Jay wrote, produced, and starred in the feature film Wednesdays. He's also a cast member on Seth MacFarlane's The Orville. Let's do this. Hi, Hi. Jay. How are you? What's up, Lisa Curry? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for um, being here today. Or being sure. here. Being yeah. here, rather. I'm, you know. I'm somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, definitely in a place. How's, how are things going? Are you able to get some work done during this pandemic? Yeah, actually. I kind of um, wound up being busier now than before the pandemic hit. Yeah? What are you yeah, working on? <laughs> a billion different things. I feel like I'm I'm always writing or I got a project here, a feature TV show I'm writing or something. So I think during this time, a lot of the stuff that I was already writing on mm-hmm. or had, had finished, it just sort of came to fruition right now. Yeah. So I've been busy writing uh, some TV shows, some movies, and just waiting to go back to Orville. Yeah. When is that going to pick back up? Do you have any idea? Nah. They were talking about... Um, November, but I don't know if that's going to happen because we have such a big show. Yeah. And it's a lot of extras and it's a lot of people. So I think they're just trying to figure out exactly how to do it and make sure people are tested properly. And because Seth is very big into safety and science and all of that. Yeah. So he just wants to make sure everybody's safe. What a novel idea having people that are into science. Yeah. I can't believe it. That sounds amazing. Crazy. Crazy <laughs> when you put it like that. Yeah, I've yeah. been kind of watching what Broadway is doing because when they, whenever they push back for a certain amount of months, I'm like, oh, that's probably when we'll all come back. And now that they're closed down through next May, I'm like, oh, well, that's probably when they closed down through next back. May. Yeah, they just made the decision last week. So it's like, well, we'll probably go back to offices next May or June. Have you seen Hamilton? Let's see. I have not. You want to talk about Hamilton? <laughs> I don't. I don't because I haven't seen it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's the question everybody asks. Have oh yeah. Hamilton? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, was, I haven't seen I Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I haven't read Harry Potter. I'm like I'm really out of the loop on yeah. on like major cultural things. You know. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I just have all no good. idea. Yeah. So um, the Orville is such a cool thing. Like because you were in animation for a while and I mean, primarily I think, and then went into this big live action show. Like how did that come about? When I moved to LA, I moved mm-hmm. to be an actor. Right. Mm-hmm. But what happened was I got hired at family guy, um, like a month after I moved to LA. So, uh, I was working at the show and that's how I met Seth and a lot of the writers over at family guy. Um, but I was writing my own stuff and I was making my own projects for, you know, a while after I left there. And then I had a show that I created that I wanted um, uh, Seth to take a look at. Actually, I had a movie I wrote where I wanted him to be in it. Okay. And I just wrote the small part for him and he read it and he dug it. So eventually he ended up making a show that had nothing to do with the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he was working on Oroville and we went out to dinner one night and he goes, Hey, I don't, I know you're working on your own stuff, but I got this project that I wrote. I wrote a character with you in mind, let me know if you'd be interested in doing it. And it was Orville. And, you know, I never was a sci-fi guy before. Yeah. I'd seen Star Trek and stuff, but I never, you know, I wasn't a, a diehard fan like a lot of people yeah. are. So coming into it, I was coming out of the blue, you know. Yeah. And wound up being a huge show. So, and then that's I went so back cool. and I made the other projects. I feel like that's everyone's dream as a performer that because there's so many cool roles you can get, but when somebody writes something that's specifically has you in mind and you can just like let loose as yourself. That sounds like the most fun thing. 
Yeah, it actually it, it took a lot of pressure off of it because, you know, if you look at my resume, it was sort of random things here and there. I did a couple voiceovers for American Dad and Family Guy. I did a couple things that I mm-hmm. made, some independent stuff, and then it's like the Orville. So it went from sort of nothing to, you know, being on a huge hit network yeah, show. From like crumbs to being on the side of a bus. From legit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like I was still living in my one bedroom apartment with my dad on the couch when I first saw the commercial for Orville. That's got to be so wild. I mean, that has to trip yeah. you out just like, like how long does the disbelief last? Were you, I mean, were you immediately like, this is, yeah, this is it. Or were you like, what the fuck is happening to my life? But, and I mean, know, like in I'm, a good way, you know? Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a big believer in this shit is not lost on me. I don't care how many times I see myself in a movie or a TV show or something. I'm always excited. So yeah. I remember the first time we went to San Diego for Comic-Con, we were on the side of these trains. And I had people texting me that had gone down uh, and they had seen it. And they're like, Jay, you're all over fucking San Diego. And I'd never been before. So when I get down there, uh, mind you, Seth is, you know, he's been down there a billion times. So we... Yeah. We fly private down there. We have security. We're going in the back doors of everything. So we're being whisked around. So I think I had about like 20 minutes in between an interview or something. And I said, I mean, I'm about to go outside and look at this train. I got to see this. Yeah. Yeah. I'll run outside and it's people everywhere. I don't know if they know who I am or not, but (laughs) I'm out there taking pictures of the train and taking videos because, you know, you work really hard to get to a certain point. And I think when you get there, if you don't take time to realize you've gotten to where you are, you're going to just always be chasing your yeah. tail. You know, it's that dragon. I always, I try to celebrate all the wins. And you can't take it for granted ever because it's not, it's not guaranteed that success will continue. Although I do believe success will continue for you. There's right. so many people that have like a big hit and then that's the last you ever see of them. And oh yeah, it's like, so you really have to soak it up. I tell the story. So <laughs> by my place, um, there was, I remember the first time they put up a billboard uh-huh. and I'm just driving and you look up and, you know, as a performer, seeing yourself on a huge billboard is sort of a goal, you know, it's, yeah. it's a cool feeling. So I just was bugging out, right? You know, two weeks later you go, that shit's gone. It's something else. Yeah. They don't call and tell you, you know, I didn't get a call. Say, hey, by the way, Jay Lee, we're going to take down the billboard. So yeah. you might not want to flex <laughs> with your <laughs> friend, you know, heading down the street. But I, I say that because you never know when they're going to take your billboard down. So yeah. celebrate that shit while you can and be happy about it. Yeah. So, But also, I felt the same way. I had a friend one time. Okay, I'm going to tell the story. So I bought a, I bought a new car uh-huh. a while ago. I have a nice car, right? Mm-hmm. And It's all right. It, you know, it's a decent <laughs> car. But you saw my Kia Sportage. You yeah. saw the car. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I went from that. I had that car for 12 years and mm-hmm. no AC on a donut, rearview mirror busted, <laughs> You know, uh, six six this CD changer. <laughs> Amazing. You know, I'm I'm fancy. I'm in these streets. I still have my old uh, Nelly CDs and <laughs> mixtapes. But anyway, I I decided I got this car. A friend of mine, I know her for a minute. Um, she was in New York, and she heard I got a new car. Right mm-hmm. now, I don't do a lot of crazy stuff with my money. I'm not out here. I don't do wild stuff. Every time I, I I make some money, I make a movie or something. I make some right. art. I, I put it back in, right? So this car I got was like the first big purchase. And I remember she, you know when people say stuff to you like, hey, don't get the big head or, you know, don't change. Don't go off yeah. and get Hollywood on you, Lisa. I know yeah. you dropped your 
special and oh, I'm getting all fancy on me, yeah. you know, <laughs> projecting shit on you for no right. reason. Uh, I remember she said something like, you know, you, you probably could have done something else with that money. You know, I know, you know you're a big time actor now, but uh, don't change sort of thing. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, well, I know, um, you know, this is a big deal for you. And I know a lot of people, they get lost in the sauce and, uh, you know, you book something big and then you get the big hit. And I got really offended, Be, not at what she said, but she'd known me for a minute. And the reality was I felt like I had made it when I first made my first movie that no one's ever seen. Right. Yeah. And it played at the Arizona Black Film Festival back in 2007 or something like that, 2006. And I remember I drove to Arizona and it was at this theater. Anyway, when I walked in the theater, I saw myself on the screen. It's like six people in the audience. And I remember having that same feeling that I had when I've seen me in the Orville, when I saw myself in my film that got distributed, you know, Atypical Wednesday. It was the same feeling. So when my friend said this about the car, I was like, oh, you don't, you clearly don't know me. I'm just as excited. You don't get it. So I didn't get the car because I felt like I made it. I already made it. When I got to L.A., I made it. Yeah. I feel, you know what I mean? So. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think it's it's funny because you and I are a lot, we're the same in that we're both just like hustling and doing our own thing. And we're like, well, we'll, we'll make our own way. Like, yeah. hey, it'd be great if you hire us. But in the meantime, we're going to do our own thing. Right. And, you know, I did that big tour last summer. And that was, I was so proud of that because I was like, this is humongous. I can't believe I pulled this off. And then I get back and I get staffed on the Jim Jeffries show and everyone's like, oh my God, you're staffed on a show. And I'm like, yeah, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. not what I'm, I mean, it was so fun mm-hmm. and that was a milestone, but it's also like, that's not you don't get it. a big thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you don't yeah. understand how, how it's so much more satisfying when you've worked your ass off on something that's yours and that's your creative vision, that means yeah. so much more. Look, one of the one of the reasons I have such an affinity for you is I remember you were telling me this, you know, the story about the first time you did a tour. You were like, "Fuck it, I'm doing a tour." Yeah, that's dope. Like <laughs> that's everybody, so dope. Oh, thank you. And I think that's so cool that you do. I love that you take your money and put it back into more creative stuff because I think there's so many of us when we're coming up. That's that's our plan, right? Mm-hmm. There's, everyone I know is like, man, I just want more money to do my stuff. And for most people, that's not the reality. They make, they get the check and then they're like, well, I'm going to fuck off now. Right, I'm just right. going to, I'm going to be somebody else's employee now. So right. to like keep that drive and to keep going with your own creative stuff is really, I mean, it's really special not to like sound corny, but. No, I, I appreciate it. I, I do. Yeah. Cause I think I've made like four films and a, a whole TV show that I've just shot on my own mm-hmm. and, you know, called in favors. I just want to work with the people I want to work with. And the thing I learned about doing that is people want to work. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, people want to work with good people too. So whether I had a hundred million dollars or, Hey, I could feed you, you know, yeah. I, I was, was able to get really dope people. Yeah. And it's so nice to include your friends and stuff, which is, yeah. you know, goes back to you getting the Orville. It's like, that's, Seth wants to work with you because you're fun to work with, you know? Right. And yeah, that's, yeah. That's like, I don't look down on, you know, there's this thing in entertainment where people are like, yeah, well, you got to know somebody. And it's like, yeah, wouldn't you hire your friends if you could? That's the yeah. whole game. That's Isn't all you that want to do. Point? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you not want to hire your friends <laughs> and people you know that are talented? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, it, was, it, was, it was dope. It's so wild to me. I didn't realize you got Family Guy or you started working there so soon after moving to L.A. For some reason, I thought it was no, a lot I, longer. Like, that's crazy. I was here. I moved out here, and then I was staying out in Moreno Valley, which is, like, almost like it's two hours east of Yeah, I'm like, I don't even know where that is. As far as fuck especially once you add traffic and I got a job at the mall. I was working at guess and I was part-time and I was making shit, but whatever money I would have, I would just drive into the city. I just drive into LA. And matter of fact, I remember on Tuesday nights, they used to do this thing at uh, the comedy store. I think Guy Tory was hosting it. And cause I didn't have nothing to do, but he was from St. Louis and a friend of mine, they knew somebody so I could get in yeah. for free. I'd have something to do. Cause I didn't know anybody. I didn't really, you know, know what I was doing, but yeah. And then 30 days later I got the call from my boy Dave, who then he knew Katie. Katie had gotten the promotion, Katie Krentz. And then they asked me if I, you know, if I needed a job. My buddy was like, are you looking for a gig? And I said, yeah. And I'd never seen the show. Yeah. And I You're like, well, it. I mean, I am at Guess right now. So it's got to work with that schedule. <laughs> yeah, we have to work out. I have to fold these damn denims and put them in the front. But I guess I could work this out. Also, yeah. I'm going to be very famous in about... 20 minutes, so <laughs> yeah. my schedule. you know, I'm about to be 20 million a movie. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, 30 days, I think. That's nuts. When you came out, I mean, you you moved out for acting, but did you know specifically you wanted to go into comedy or did you mm. have any interest in animation or did that just kind of nope. happen? I've actually never considered myself a comedian at all, even though, uh, you know, and I know you've told me countless times I'm the funniest person you've ever met and I appreciate <laughs> it, you know, but I just always consider yeah. myself a dramatic, yeah. you know, yeah, dramatic absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, and the comedy greats, all of them, they come to me all the time. Jay, how do you come up with this stuff? And I'm like, yeah. you know, you know, it's nothing, but, uh, no, I, I always, I never really considered myself funny. I knew I was funny, yeah. but I never thought I was a, com- you know, yeah. I never thought I'd be like in comedy in any way. It's funny. Um, like everyone I talk to that feels, comedy feels more out of reach for some reason than mm-hmm. dramatic acting. And I don't know if it's, if it's like, you know, coming from the Midwest, maybe the path doesn't seem as clear. I'm not sure what it is, mm-hmm. but like everyone across the board I talked to that's in comedy is like, yeah, I don't know. I thought I would just kind of be around it, but I didn't think that I was going to be in it. But I didn't, but I think that's what makes the good people, the great people. Great. Yeah. They don't, they're not trying to be funny. They're trying right. to tell you something. They're giving you their perspective. And I'm, I can craft it in a way that has a punchline. But right. I'm talking about something important. I'm not just bullshit. You know, the people who are great, they have a perspective on life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then they can make you laugh while doing it. So I've always considered myself more that versus, like, I saw myself on a, a, a comedy TV show. Because the stuff I watch is, like, all one-hour drama and sort of yeah. drama action movies. I'm not really a big, I got to watch SNL every week. I got to right. watch you know, the late night standups. I got, it never really was my sort of thing. So when you were, how long were you at Family Guy before you went from that to Cleveland show, right? No, I went from that to being broke as fuck. <laughs> yeah. About four years. There's four years of ramen noodles in between. Oof. Oof. Yeah. So I, I, I worked at Family Guy for two and a half years. Uh-huh. Left. I did a one man show where I played piano and acted. That no really? One saw. Where did that? Did you tour it or where was that nah, at? I did this at Pico Playhouse over on uh, on Pico. When I was in college, I did this show before I graduated, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm in a fraternity, I'm alpha, so I had this very uh, sort of dual college career. I went to school for classical piano, you know, which was one of the best musical programs in the country 
uh, IU School of Music. So that's its own thing, and you know, that's its own thing. But on the other side, I was the president of my fraternity. I'm in a black fraternity, alphas. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm running track for a little bit. I'm very active on campus. Yeah. But there were kind of two different worlds. You know, classical music, and then I'm playing basketball five hours a day. Yeah, not a lot of overlap in those groups. Nah, nah. These are <laughs> they're not sitting at the lunch table together. So anyway, I decided um, to do this show where I wanted to play classical piano, but still bring in people who don't listen to classical music. Mm-hmm. So I decided to tell these stories. Well, at the time, I did monologues. I think I kind of went back and forth, and I played piano. I did some monologues or whatever. I don't know. Get to L.A., uh, I decide I have to leave Family Guy, and I go, oh, I'm going to do a show. So I found a theater. It was a 99-seat theater, and I decide to put together this show. And I kind of wrote it, and it was a one-man show, and I just wanted to perform. And I think about that shit because I was so <laughs> confident and you know how writer's rooms are, right? And comedian yeah. and writer room, they're snarky, they're assholes. Cutthroat. Cutthroat. Yeah. I was going back there handing out flyers. <laughs> the flyer, the flyer for my concert. Family Guy? Oh, yeah. I didn't give a fuck. Yes. Yes. I didn't care. And I think about that now because I know they were probably like, who who's this dude think he is? <laughs> but they came to the show. My program was a mock magazine that I created. Uh-huh. Right. It was like this big. It was like my program. Yeah. Literally, like a playbill. Like a playbill. Yeah. I created it, made up a magazine. It was called Limelight. It was a picture of me. I did a photo shoot with my homeboy <laughs> at Seth's old crib. I'm smoking a cigar. I'm reading the script. And it said four talents, one industry. How Jay Lee plans to take over. <laughs> I love this. Oh, I was dead ass. Check it out. Inside, there's a program. I wrote. I wrote an article interviewing myself. <laughs> yes. yes. As as a reporter. So like the, so you open the program and it said as I wait for Mr. Lee to arrive, we're yes. at this this dimly lit bar, you know, and he walks mm-hmm. in and everybody pays attention. Some bullshit. I wrote this right right, right. I didn't care. And I passed it passed some shit out. <laughs> And then inside there were um <laughs> there were there were there were made up um movie posters for movies. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. the whole fucking thing. I think about that. That kid of course he's gonna win. Yeah. Of course. I and I'm guessing you didn't have representation at this time. No. <laughs> it's I, so I, funny because like yeah. I have so many people that are like, Well, I would love to do this thing, but I don't have reps and I'm like, Are you brain dead? Everyone no, no one knows what they're doing in this industry. Everyone's making it up. Everyone's yep. full of shit. So it's like join the party and have fun with it. Like I, I told you when I did my first couple of tours with a couple other comics, we made up a manager out of whole cloth. We made up a fake ass manager, and yep. she booked us on like major, like we were on WGN yeah. in Chicago. Listen, which is like he's <laughs> the shit. She's the shit. <laughs> and it's like who care? And so many people were like, you can't, you can't do that. And I'm like, wait. Said who? There's no, there's no rules. There's none. I wish it doesn't man, matter. I'm gonna show you next time I see you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna show you this flyer. It is so ridiculous. <laughs> but I love so like amazing. it. Kind of it. It like hurts to think of you handing that out at Family Guy just a little bit because you. Oh. I just know those writers were probably like, what the fuck is hundred percent, hundred percent. But you know what? And and to anybody listening, though, mm-hmm. here's what's dope about it. You can talk as much shit as you want about somebody that's doing something. Yeah. 
Absolutely. But they're doing something. Mm-hmm. And they came to the show. Yeah. And, and that's can, the thing. The people who have the most to say are always the people that aren't doing shit. Right. Right. You know? And yeah. by the way, <laughs> shout out to Family Guy and the writers there. They're yeah, extremely yeah. funny and smart. But <laughs> it is an intimidating room. If, if, if anybody, any writer's room, it's, it can be an intimidating sort of space. So to be, I'm working at the front desk. I'm validating parking. But I'm like, hey, y'all, y'all should come to my show. Yeah. By the way, who wants to go to a fucking one man show anyway? Just in general. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to one man shows or one woman shows. Like no. that's uh, and I no. gotta leave. It's terrible. But this program, you couldn't tell me shit. I was in the game. Four talents. You had a, you had an interview in there, you had ads. That's amazing. <laughs> Interviews, ads, program, I did a photo shoot. It was a whole thing. But the thing is, too, like, if you're if you're doing that, like, thinking outside of the box and making your own shit, like, that's just going to continue throughout your career. You're right. going to keep making things outside of, I guess, the, the decided on rules, which is the yeah. best stuff. Like, it's, it's also so funny to me because I think so many people, you know, when they talk about who their heroes are in entertainment and, like, who mm. they hold in high regard, it's always people who broke the rules. But then people are afraid to yes. break the rules themselves, and it's like, why? This that's is, exactly that's it. So that's so ridiculous. That's exactly it. Just do and, your yeah, thing. Any, anybody you admire, they did something unorthodox. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter, guys. Just do your thing. Um, yeah. So, so make wait, a fake program. So you leave Family Guy to go back to guests. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I had to go back. I, bro- I had to go back and break their hearts. And then you're uh, just unemployed for a while, or? Yeah. I. Yeah. The day I left, I knew I had to leave because I was getting. Um, I think the first day that I, I, I told myself I didn't have enough money to leave and I needed the money was the day I knew I had to leave because I yeah. didn't move to L.A. to be a receptionist at, a, you know, at someone yeah. else's show. And again, there's no knock on it. But for me at that time, it was time for me to jump out. So I did the show. I'd already written a couple movies. And um, let's see what happened. I kind of was just doing odd jobs here and there. A good, good buddy of mine's cat named Rob Lobel. Solid dude. I did some non-arable pilot, actually. Mm-hmm. Met him at the gym. We used to play ball together, and he was doing some dating show, and he needed some, some people for it. And my roommate at the time, uh, I guess he asked him, but then he had to go out of town, so he told me, he said, hey, you know that dude Rob at the, at the gym? Yeah. He's shooting some, some thing, and he needs some people. So I was like, all right, cool. So I didn't want to – I really didn't want to do it, but I knew they weren't they weren't going to air it. Mm-hmm. That might have got paid 100 bucks. I don't know. Yeah. But it was funny because – uh, Tiffany, it was Tiffany Haddish was there. It was the first time I met <laughs> Tiffany, and we were all in this very weird sort of reality show uh-huh. that was a proof of concept sort of thing. Yeah. This is long, this is long, long time ago. Um, but I bring that up because Rob at that shoot when uh, I wasn't sort of in the show, I was over looking at Video Village, so mm-hmm. I was talking to him and the producers. So I, that's when I really kind of got interested in stuff behind the scenes and mm-hmm. producing and and kind of figuring that stuff out. So I kind of bounced around for a while. I was broke. It was, it was a struggle bus. And then in 2011, so yeah, four years later, I went to the Cleveland show. And how did that happen? So all the cats that worked at Family Guy at the time were PAs, and now they're all EP-level writers, you mm-hmm. know. But they kind of came up through the ranks. And I know Mike Henry, who, you know, did the voice of Cleveland. And um, I knew everybody in the room. Yeah. So the show had already been on for two seasons, and I actually was out with Seth one day. We went out, I don't know, some event or club or some shit mm-hmm. back in our party days. <laughs> and I just was like, hey, what's up with the Cleveland <laughs> show? I feel like I could – and, I, again, I never planned on writing for TV. Yeah. 
Um, and I something I've, I've seen some of the episodes and I was like, oh, you know, I could actually I feel like I would be beneficial on this show. Yeah. And I just told, you know, I told Seth and he goes, oh, absolutely. And I sent him my material <laughs> and I did my interviews. And the next thing I know, I was hired on the show. That's awesome. That's so much of it, too, is just saying the thing that you want. I think like. Yep. If you if you can say it in a way that's not obnoxious, which it's like some people are just fucking obnoxious and I don't know what advice to give them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you're Turn like, <laughs> if you know your value, like you do, and you're like, hey, I'd be a good fit on the show, I think people appreciate that. And they're looking for people that are a good fit on the show, you know, yeah, or on yeah. any project. I, I, think you're, I think you're right. You, I think knowing your value, I think knowing what you bring to the table, but also you got to be prepped, you know, to walk through the door. So I couldn't just say, hey, what's up with the show? And he goes, okay, send in your samples, and I don't have samples written. Yeah, exactly. you know, you gotta have, you gotta be ready for that. So I always talk about do the work, you know. So you can't just go in and say, "Hey, I want to start for the Lakers." It's like, all right, fucking run a lap, and you're not out, you're not in shape, you don't got basketball shoes. Yeah, you're not ready. Yeah, what are you, you know? doing? Get out of yeah. here, kick rocks. Yeah, totally. But thankfully, wait. I was prepped. And then wait, how long were you on Cleveland show before the next thing? Two seasons. So we they so I think it ran four seasons total at the time. I think. I sold a show that didn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a movie uh, that sold and didn't get made. <laughs> um, and another movie I wrote with an old writing partner of mine made yeah. the blacklist, which was a pretty big deal. So we had a lot of meetings. And, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was kind of that? Uh, this project called The Curse of Medusa, which, funny enough, is about to come back around, you know. Oh, wow. But a really, really dope origin story about Medusa mm-hmm. uh, that we, I think we wrote the first draft back in 2005. Oh, wow. And we, he was in St. Louis at the time, and I was in L.A., and we were writing back and forth. Um, so we would just send the, the document back and forth. Yeah. And, it is and crazy writings. how how long some things take, too. I think people don't realize. You know, it's like that old story of, like, overnight success. It's like, no, you've been working for a fucking decade on a thing. Yeah. Yeah, so to that point, we wrote the first draft 2005. It made the 2009 blacklist. Oof. And now here it is, 2020, <laughs> going into 2021, that we're now about to like finally roll it out because the funny thing about the blacklist stuff was everybody was blowing us up and we, would, mm-hmm. we took up all these meetings and it was crazy because in the meetings you're going oh if you like the script make the motherfucking movie yeah but in the meetings they're like oh so what else do you got and <laughs> you know i was green i didn't know i didn't yeah. have rep so i didn't know what was happening i was so confused you're like, i got this one-man show Listen, I don't know if you've read this. Have you ever heard of Limelight? There's, 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 there's a guy with four talents. Can hold all of them? That's yeah. me. Yeah. That is I. Uh, but it, it took me a second to understand what those meetings were, and it was all about just I don't know the next thing and the next thing. Yeah. So, but I think in one of those meetings, one of the companies had mentioned something about a project they were trying to crack, and I sort of pitched some shit on the fly. And they were like, that sounds great. And I ended up writing that on spec and then wrote, sold that later. So, yeah. I mean, but, I've heard so many stories also of people like just bullshitting their way through a meeting and being like, yeah, I've got the, I've got the thing. I feel like the the best thing you can ever do is just like whatever they're, they say they need, need, just be like, yeah, I got it. Got it. And then fucking say, get home and get it done. You know? There you go. <laughs> then get home and get it. Yeah. I think, see, here's the shit though. And I had to, I, I learned this though. At a certain point, you know, you go into these rooms and you pitch yourself, you know? Yeah. And you tell the story, I'm this, I'm this. Once I realized, I was like, all right, I'm done with that. I would ask the companies, I was like, what are you guys looking for? Yeah. And then that's, oh, we're, we're looking for a rom-com. We're looking for a half-hour sci-fi yeah. thing. We're looking for a horror thing. We're looking, whatever the fuck it is, if it's somewhere in my wheelhouse, my answer is going to be, oh, psh, got you. So I was, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Let me send you a couple ideas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When yeah. you look back on, you know, your journey through everything, is there anything that felt either bad or insignificant at the time that, that turned out to, like, change the course of things for, for the better? Yeah, a lot of things. I talk about this a lot. I always say your higher self is going to win. When, when, when there's a fork in the road, your, your bigger picture, higher energy is going to win out. So case in point, there was a uh, period of time where I was grinding. I was out here grinding, grinding. I had a lot of things that were cooking, nothing that really hit just yet. And you know, Trayvon Free, right? Yeah. So I remember when he got hired at the Daily Show. Right. And I think I just knew him through Twitter, but we had met up. And so that was kind of his first big gig, whatever. Long story short, when he was leaving, he hit me up. Somehow we were talking. He's like, yeah, I think, you know, they're going to need they're looking for somebody else. Yeah. So he goes, you should totally submit a packet. And I was like, I guess I never really thought about it. And this was before um, uh, Trevor Noah became host. Oh, yeah. This is still John Stewart. Mm -hmm. So I go home. I write. I start kind of putting together this packet. And then I have this crazy revelation i'm like oh that's it all the stuff i've been doing out here i'm not even auditioning out here because again don't have rep i'd already sort of gone down the path of being a writer mm -hmm. and i had the intention of coming back to acting just later on as an adult because i was also yeah. in that sort of am i college age high school am i saving the fucking cat out of the tree i'm this weird sort of how old is he i don't know he's too young to be that and he's too old to be that so yeah I fell in this sort of nebulous sort of casting place too. But anyway, I was like, Oh shit, duh, the daily show. I go there. I write, let's say I get, you know, hired. I start doing on air personality stuff like segments. Right. Oh, duh. And mind uh -huh. you, he's like, yo, I still got my place in New York. It all felt so lined up. Mm -hmm. I write a dope packet. Right. And I knew people there vouching for me. Doesn't work out mm -hmm. at the time. I was like, ah, what the fuck is happening? Meanwhile, I'm at dinner with Seth, and he's like, hey, I wrote this show with you as one of the characters. Do you want to do it? Wait, this happens at about the same time? Roughly the same time. That's so wild. Yeah, so what I'm saying, like the higher self working out, while the that opportunity felt like it was a perfect thing, mm -hmm. there's a bigger sort of thing at play. And if that doesn't line up with that, that's not going to work out. Right. Right. It, it, even though it seems like it makes all the sense. Well, and it's like, had you been at The Daily Show, the, it's a really intense writing job. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, it, I'm, and I'm sure it would have been fun and fulfilling in a lot of ways. But if your main focus is acting, it pulls away from that. Well, also, though, yes, yes, and I don't know what I don't know why this I, I can talk about it now. Mm -hmm. The 2020 vision in hindsight. Yeah. At the time, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Mind you, maybe my packet was shit too. I'm not trying to make it seem like yeah. I'm perfect, yeah. but um, it did make it, it made a lot of sense at the time. Yeah. But it, but I think what my uh, my purpose as an artist, as a creator, I had to go through this lane from Orville to directing my movie. It, it, so many things came from the Orville of it all, and you know, any other thing that I really wanted at the time that I didn't get it all worked for my betterment anyway. So, yeah, yeah, damn near everything. I, you know, my boy, I'm at best. We always talk about you never lose. You just, you either win or you learn. Yeah. That's it. I, I try to tell people too, like, you know, younger writers that are coming up, they're like, oh, you know, you just do all these packets and then who knows 
like it's a waste of time if you don't get hired. And I'm like, it's it's never a waste of time because as long as you're putting in your best work, people at The Daily Show are saying your name and they they may not call you in for an interview, but they're like, this is good stuff. Yeah. And and they may give your name to someone else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and you're practicing your craft. You know, you're only going to get better by doing it. If you're not doing the thing, how are you going to get better at it? So it is a lot of work, but the fuck did you think it was going to (laughs) be? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, whenever somebody says, I want to pick your brain, that means what's the shortcut? Like, that's what they're actually trying to say. (laughs) How can I get out of doing the work? (laughs) Yeah, because I don't want to do that. And it's like, well, I I don't know. Have you considered having super rich parents? That's one way. That's like... (laughs) Yeah. Have you thought about being born differently? <laughs> yeah. Maybe like if Aaron Spelling was your dad, have you tried it? Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Give that a go, you lazy motherfucker. I don't know what to tell you. Write another script. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you always want to act like when you were a kid? Nah. I grew up playing piano and sports. Uh, I always joked that in high school, I was like the middle of the bus kid. So. Yeah. You know, I'd make fun of the dorks because I was a jock, but I also uh-huh. was on the chess team and in the band, and I'd make yeah. fun of the, the fucking athletes. So I just yeah. made fun of everybody. Yeah. So, you know, oh, theater, look at these assholes up there singing and dancing. <laughs> and wow. then you're handing out flyers for your one-man show in exactly, exactly. high school. And completely. Just, I, I did a concert in my high school. Fuck <laughs> yeah. I, I did a concert at my fucking high school. I just remember this. But I'm making fun of the... Yeah. People singing and dancing, doing musicals. That's so, really funny. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't until I got to college and I broke my thumb that I started taking acting classes. Really? Out of just boredom or what was it? No, I was just, I was just slapping everybody. I broke my, no, I, um, <laughs> I broke my thumb and I don't know what made me take the acting class. I think, you know, I, I saw it was like acting 101, mm-hmm. three credits. I'm like, I'll give it a go. And then yeah. I did it and literally fell in love with it. That's awesome. And, and then and from there, were you like, I got to get out to L.A.? Or did you consider oh, yeah. New York? Yeah, yeah. I thought about it. I can't sing uh-huh. for shit. So I was like, oh, yeah. looks like we're going to L.A. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, I go to New York. I can I can act, but I don't yeah. sing. So there are musicals. So that doesn't seem to be a smart choice. I'll go to L.A. Yeah. So and then I was coming to L.A. with or without a degree. I was like, I'm out. Yeah. So, but, um, but I, I've told this story before. Part of the, one of the reasons my path ended up being what it was. Mm -hmm. And I tell people this a lot, really standing in your light, right. And being on your path. And when you're in your light and on your path, that's when things happen and doors open. So I had made the decision. I'm going to LA. I'd already weighed New York, LA. So this particular morning I was getting my oil changed and there was a guy in the waiting room and I was just super, I was just happy. I'm moving to LA. Mind you, I don't know when I just know I want to go to LA. Right. And this young white, well, at the time, he's probably 21, 22, white dude was in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And I think he drove people from the dealership to get a rental. Sports Center was on. And I said, hey, man, do you care if I turn this up? He's like, yeah, I don't care. So I turned it up. And he goes, wow, you're in a really good mood. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm moving to L.A. I'm going to be an actor. I'm super excited. I just can't wait. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, that's crazy. Okay, I know two people out there. You know, give me your email information and I'll, like, put you in touch. And I still had my college EDU account. Yeah. The two people he put me in touch with, one was a woman who was a makeup artist. She doesn't write me back. Other dude is Dave Neustadter. Dave Neustadter okay. went to IU, graduated, I think, right before me. He knew Katie. So when oh, Katie, wild. Okay. Right. Because Katie went to IU also. But I didn't know them, though. For anyone listening, Katie's a, a close mutual friend of ours who works yes. at Family Guy. Well, yes. Should I make up a different name? 
No, no, that's totally fine. So this Her guy David Rady. Knows, okay. <laughs> this guy named Mavid knows this girl named Rady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so so <laughs> when she got the promotion, he uh, sorry, I emailed him, mm-hmm. and at the time I was writing my very first script. Mm-hmm. But again, I want to be an actor, so I'm not really paying attention to the writing shit. So I hit him up, and he at the time worked at New. He still works there, but he was like an assistant at New Line, and I'm thinking. Oh shit! Y'all made Minutes to Society. That's my favorite movie. I'm an actor. What's that name? Put me on. Yeah. He's like, that's not how this works. I don't have no. <laughs> I'm getting coffee. Like, whatever, you know. Mind you, now he's big time. But yeah. um, so yeah, so I guess Katie gets the promotion. I had already moved out here. He goes, hey, a mutual friend. There's an opening up at this mm-hmm. Family Guy. Do you need a job? So that's how that shit all came about. Oh wow. But, it goes back to this random guy at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning yeah. at the Mazda dealership. Isn't that wild how that happens? I mean, I've had so many interactions like that where I'm just talking to a totally random person. I had something similar also with my moving out here where I was at the T-Mobile store, and I was talking to the, the girl at the front desk and, like, paying my bill, and I was like, I'm so excited I'm moving to L.A., and she's like, me too. And then she wa- she moved out. I think a week before I moved out. So she was okay. the only person I knew out here. So it was like oh, we wow. did some extra work together and shit. And then I, I don't know what happened to her after a while. Um, but it's <laughs> then I really killed weird. <laughs> yeah. Took her identity. <laughs> and here <Yeah>. I am. <laughs> <laughs> but it is really wild how that happens. Like when you start saying the things that you want. Yep. And and I, I would say more specifically putting them into action and not just being like, oh, I want to move to L.A. someday because there's a humongous difference between like, I'd Big love time. to do that and I'm going to do it. And I'm doing it. One thing yeah. that Dave, because I emailed him, I was still in St. Louis. And one thing he said, he's like, you got to get here. Yeah. So I tell people that a lot. It's like, you got to get here first. Make the jump. Make the leap. Yeah. If you really want to do it. If you don't yeah. really want to do it. That's cool. Just yeah. stay the fuck where you at. Like, it's enough people out here clogging the. That's funny. Actually, stay home, everyone. Please. You know what? I take this back. <laughs> this shit is hard. You're never gonna make it. No, but I, I think if you are on your path and you're coming at it with, I, I like to say, pure intentions. You know, yeah. there are a lot of bad people winning. Yeah. Quote unquote. We see that in the world, but fuck all that. I think for you, if anybody's listening, that wants to do this industry or wants to kind of explore the creative side with, with this, you just really got to be able to jump in and trust that you'll land. Yeah. You know? I think and like, also maybe have some talent. <laughs> if, if, and if not, again, go have Aaron Spelling as a dad. Uh, and that's not like a knock on Tori Spelling. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just seems way easier. Was I mean, Tori, like, I don't. <laughs> was Tori the girl at the T-Mobile store? <laughs> <laughs> She's just working in rural Indiana for some reason. Just, it's just like you at the gas store. She's like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna check out the scene here. Just want to see what yeah. poor feels like. <laughs> also, Try I think one. it's hilarious that you moved all the way out here, but still two hours inland. Like that's so dumb. I, I don't get so it. So close, so close, but so far. <laughs> so close, but so far. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, if you're. If your child self could meet you now, like eleven year old Jay, what do you think he would think? Oh, he, he, yeah, he'd be, he'd be happy. He'd be real happy. You think he'd be surprised? Nah. No. <laughs> nah. So, uh, no. No. I mean, it, it 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 looks different, but I think because I played piano and performed for my whole life, I think being a performer 
even though that's not something I knew I wanted to do back in the day, mm-hmm. it was always a part of me. So I don't think it's that shocking, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I think he, I think he'd be very proud. I love it. He'd say, Look at those, all those hours of practice in the piano that I don't want to do. Look <laughs> at that. The discipline Look. of the nitty gritty has paid off. Yeah. Being in the trenches, you know, and, and doing the fucking work and writing the script and writing another script and writing another script and writing another script and then writing another script. And then that script is the one that gets some buzz. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Cause you can never predict what's going to go. I mean, I think we think, Oh, this is the thing that's going to launch me. And then it almost never is. Everything I've written is the best thing anybody's <laughs> ever read. Every, yeah, I, I can vouch. I can vouch for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> we, between us two, I don't think there are two better artists and writers and comedians. There really isn't. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> we did it. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah. You're welcome, world. <laughs> yeah. So where do you think things are going to take off for you in the next handful of years, if you had to guess? Um, you know, I kind of look at my career as a mix of a few different people's careers. Mm-hmm. And I've said this to, to some of these people, and the reactions were funny. Mm-hmm. I the first time I met John Favreau, uh-huh. I'm a big fan of him. And again, it's weird how things line up. I was out with Seth at some event, um, and John Favreau's there. And Seth knows John, and he introduces me. And I'm just a mad fan of him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, man, it's, you know, pleasure to meet you. And I probably sound fucking goofy, but I'm trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it came up. I probably just offered this shit. I was like, you know, I just, my career, I always looked at my career as like a mix of you, John Favreau, meets Don Cheadle, uh-huh. meets Seth MacFarlane, meets, I think I said Seth Rogen, uh-huh. and Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yep, I can explain what? all of them. Explain all of them. That all makes sense. It was, what was his reaction? Was he like, um... You know what he, it was, it was so perfectly John Favreau. He goes, uh-huh. that's, that's, that's specific. Yeah. And then Katsu, he directs the pilot for Oroville and then calls me in I do Lion King. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, I'm working with John Favreau. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot you uh, had a part in Lion King. I mean, not not that it's a forgettable thing, but that's like. Yo, look, he called me in. I I get the call. Mm -hmm. I know I'm bouncing a little bit, but I get the call. It's like, yeah, John Favreau's doing Lion King. He wants you to come in. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like come in the audition because I'm not, I'm not really in the voiceover world like yeah. that. I've done it, but I know people who are. That's what they do. And they're like, no, no, no. We're sending you a contract. We want you in it. You just come in and record. Yeah. All right. So I fill out my paperwork. I go in, and again, I worked with him because he did the pilot. But it's still, a, you know, when you meet the people and you're working with the people that you admire, it's still amazing going back to the yeah. first thing you brought up. Like, it's not lost on me that I'm sitting here fucking working with him on this movie, of all things. So I get down there and he's like, hey, what's up, Jay? He's like, look, I just love working with you on Orville. I was like, I think you're extremely talented and funny and I just thought you'd be great in this movie. I was like, ah, oh, thanks. And he goes, let me show you some stuff. So he showed me the first opening. This uh-huh. is an early rough cut. I mean, the shit looked amazing, right? Yeah. And then I'm still going, what am I recording? <laughs> yeah. So we do it, and then we go back in, and now I'm in the booth. Not even in the booth. I'm, like, in this recording area, I should say. Uh-huh. And it's him, the writer, producer. He's like, yeah, we're just going to have you record a couple things. And I'm like, okay. So I do some stuff. It's great. Leave. Mm-hmm. All good. I get a call about. A month later, hey, Favreau wants you to come back in. And I go, oh, shit, I suck. I fucking knew it. I, yeah. I'm trash. 
<sighs> he's probably just trying to do me. A f- I don't know. Uh-huh. So I go back in and maybe they want me to re- record. And mm-hmm. he goes, oh, no, no, you were great. We just that part. We just ended up not using it. But I really want you to be in this movie. So I want to do I want you That's to do this. So, other awesome. part. so fucking dope. That's so fucking so dope. And the whole time I'm bugging out because I'm thinking, man, I botched this. I fucked yeah. it up. I suck, you know, I'm terrible. And he's like, no, you were great. We just ended up cutting that stuff, which happens all the time. But we really want you to be in this movie. So I do it. Cut to the movie comes out. So there was a, a funny story. So the movie, the premiere was a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about it. And at this point, I don't even know if I've made the movie. So I'm not telling anybody I even did this shit. Yeah. I don't, I don't go to the premiere. I was, I'm like, okay, cool. No big deal. You know, not that I expected to even go anyway, because again, I'm like, eh, whatever. I appreciate the uh-huh. the lie, but right. I get it. So movie premieres Tuesday. I wake up Wednesday morning. My fucking phone is blowing up. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what the? Why did everybody hit me up? And everybody was like, motherfucker, you was a Lion King. What the fuck was that? Yo, what the fuck? I'm like, what's going on? How do y'all know this? What's happening? Apparently, Chance the Rapper was like a music consultant on uh-huh. the movie. And he's also close with Donald Glover, who, of mm-hmm. course, played, you know, Simba. So I guess Chance goes to the premiere, takes a picture of the credits where his name mm-hmm. was. My name is in the credits. And so it was like <laughs> Beyonce, Jay Lee, Chance. To, it was, it was in a, this a very interesting block. Yeah. And, of course, everybody's like, you did a movie with Beyonce? I'm like, yeah, I, I did. I did. Me, me and, and I'm sure, like. Everyone thinks that you're like in the booth with Beyonce for some reason. Like they don't. <laughs> she's right here. I told her I was doing your podcast, and she's like, "Oh my god, I just want to be in the room while you do it." <laughs> yeah. You know. But, yeah, but it was a very um, surreal sort of moment because again, had I tried to go off and brag on that shit, sometimes your performances get cut. Sometimes yeah. you know it doesn't make the final. Yeah. Whatever, but and then it, people it like think it. you're a liar, and they're like, "You, you." Yeah. You're full of shit, and you're like, no, I did the thing. It just didn't did fucking it. go. And and for a moment, I was like, oh, he's just calling everybody in, so it's gonna be like fifty people in these credits. Right, right, right. Nope, nope. That was it was. <laughs> I was a part of the cast of this movie, and yeah. that was a very big deal. It is. It's funny how like when you work so hard, so consistently, when somebody offers you something like that, it doesn't really click in your mind. You're like, you. I mean, you're like just doing this to be nice. This is like a make a wish. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. <laughs> I get it. Okay, get it. this is your good deed. <laughs> it's February. It's Black History Month. I guess we'll throw Jamie yeah. in. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you don't. You never feel like you deserve it ever. Yeah. E- yeah. Even with Orville, there was a part yeah. of me that was going like, oh, okay, thanks, Seth. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. But then you read the character, and then literally John Lamar says, "Boom." Yeah. Like, oh no, I say boom. Oh, you wrote this. You really oh, did yeah. write this. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe I maybe I do deserve this. That's so awesome. So do you think you're going to do more directing after this or yeah. oh, more Don yes. Cheadle shit? All of it. So <laughs> very quickly before we uh-huh. go, I'll, I'll tell you why I even said those specifically. Uh-huh. John Favreau, because you can go from swingers to fucking launching the MCU, Iron Man, mm-hmm. all the Marvel stuff, like to Lion King, to Jungle Book, to Chef. Mm-hmm. As a director and just as an artist, I'm, I'm just a fan of him, right? Mm-hmm. And also, he kind of acts in some of this stuff. Don Cheadle, just a man, I think one of the most talented actors in the game. I just yeah. think he's fucking great. Whether it's lead actor, supporting character, it doesn't matter. He's funny, he's dramatic, he's just great. The Mark Wahlberg, 
I was like, yeah. And Mark, because he produces TV, and uh-huh. all he does is just blockbuster movie shit. Yeah. But he produces some really dope TV content and the fitness stuff. I'm in the fitness. Seth Rogen, just because at the time he was popping, um, it was just the, the the camp. So he had that that Judd Apatow camp. So it was his friends, him, yeah. Franco, and um, Jonah Hill. Like that that period of time, it was you could tell it was like friends making fucking projects together. Like, this sounds fun. Let's make a movie. Oh, yeah. You know, and then Seth, because the performing aspect of it all, the music, the acting, the writing, directing, mm-hmm. the hosting. So somewhere in all of that, I think, is where Jay Lee falls in doing all of it. So yeah. whether I'm directing my own stuff, somebody else's stuff, I'm doing a piano concert. That's the other thing I bought right behind me. This time my piano. Uh, I mean, my car. Uh, I'm doing a concert next year. I was going to do it this year, but COVID hit. Yeah. Um, I made a movie I was in. I directed and wrote and paid for yeah. So, and then, you know, I got a clothing line called Do Better University. Yeah. So I'm trying to help motherfuckers do better. I don't give a fuck do better. I love it. This is yeah. um, a podcast, so people won't see it. So, <laughs> Hey, if you guys can see it, you know what? <laughs> no, that's good, because I kept yeah. leaning. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Without, you so, can't see it, but I would go grab my wine yeah. and put my whole face in the camera. Yeah. So where can people find you and your stuff? Um, I normally on Tuesdays I'm on the corner of San Vicente and Pico <laughs> getting this money. Mm-hmm. Um, no. <laughs> uh, social media, J Lee Film, J L E E F I L M. Uh, I got a movie that came out just a couple months ago called Atypical Wednesday. That's you can get on uh, iTunes. Lisa's allergic to it clearly. <laughs> yeah, she's allergic to my bullshit. Yeah. Movie. Um, but yeah, J Lee Film. I'm on all socials, Twitter, cool. all that good stuff. And then, yeah, I think we're going back to Orville sometime soon. Yeah, I and hope so. Season three comes out next year, and I've seen two of the episodes, and they are absolutely fucking amazing. That's awesome. Well, thank you so okay. much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Oh, that's it. You did you yeah. know with me? <laughs> no, is it? Is that's it? it. That's it. I, I thought. I, I mean, sorry, psh. tough shit. <laughs> Again, that was Jay Lee. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Lee Film. And I'm Lisa Curry. You can find me on Twitter at Lisa underscore Curry and on Instagram at Olympian Lisa Curry. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>